fucking uh, promo intro this time because nobody did a promo that really impressed me this week. So yeah, Ru- uh, fucking Rick Rude just did the whole thing. He's like, "You guys open up Pandora's box," <laughs> and that's. I mean, he did a pretty good promo. Flair did a Ric Flair promo, but it wasn't like one of those holy shit promos. It was, it was, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Anyway, we're back with getting some color. Episode thirty. I actually looked this time, and I'm not gonna be like, "Uh, wait a second, uh, uh." But we're back, and uh, yeah, we found somewhat of a formula that we're gonna do since Peacock kind of fucked us um, on our flow between WCW Saturday Night and WWF Raw. So we found other means of watching today's episode, which is gonna be the WCW Saturday Night. March 27, 1993, and apparently WWF Raw didn't have a show this week. Probably another dog show, right? There might have been a dog show, but they did have the um, March to WrestleMania 9. Mm -hmm. And that was on the old WWE Network, but now it's just gone for now. I think it'll it'll probably come back at some point, but... Cool. um, Yeah. And I guess some good news to start off is Peacock finally got pause and rewind and fast forward. <laughs> so I'm still upset. Now everything is watchable. I'm still upset about their fucking censoring shit still. And yeah, I, it's not right, but I still don't want to give them money. Um I don't have a way to watch Raw without it though. That's what sucks. So Yeah. Uh-huh. The old Raw anyway. Fucking Vince, why did you got to do this like money cashing in bullshit? Just you ruined everything. Because he wanted to make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Or however many billions of dollars it was, whatever. Because he knows his fucking product is stupid, and he fucking fires and releases all fucking uh, good wrestlers. I guess we could lead into that. So Zach, right so Zach. Uh, let's talk about some releases now. I don't have the list. You probably do, but the most the the most eye opening one that I know of is the Iconics got released. Um, Samoa Joe got released, and I believe I believe there's some like luchadors that got released. I don't some of the house party, I guess. Uh, not house party. Uh, lucha house party, whatever they're called, got released. Um. It was um, Kalisto. Yeah. Here's everybody that got released recently. So, top of the list, Mojo, mm-hmm. uh, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker Knight from uh, Heavy Machinery, mm-hmm. uh, which was disbanded. We'll get we'll break all these down, I guess. Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake. That's all the recent ones. There was some earlier ones this year that I don't even think we really talked about that much. Like, uh, they released Lars Sullivan and Steve Cutler in February. Mm-hmm. And they released Andrade in March. Andrade's big. Um, well, it, he wanted to be released, to be fair. Um, they weren't using him. Yeah, I don't blame him. He's fucking getting pissed off. Yeah. I definitely see Samoa go into AEW. Um, I can't see him going to Impact, even though AEW and Impact are working together. Uh, maybe he might play with the Indies for a while. Maybe he might do some New Japan. Um, 
I don't know what he's going to do. The Iconics, that's another. I I could see them going to Impact. Um, I I would like to see them go to AEW because AEW needs some women that know how to wrestle. Uh, Billy Billy Kay's all right, but I think recently she's proved she's got a personality. Because uh, a lot of people were kind of liking her in that weird, I'm not signed by anybody role, and I'm trying to insert myself in everything, and now I've made myself a manager somehow. And she was kind of like getting a little popular doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Peyton Royce was always a pretty good worker, I thought. She was solid. And she did like a pretty good fired up promo on that Raw Talk thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is That was like right before she got released. You know, know, it's funny, like, they always, like, they always do something good before they get released. Like, Samoa Joe was doing great on commentary, and and they were kind of teasing that he was going to, like, show up and go back in the ring. But then it's like, nah, we're just going to release you. I, and what, and I guess we could lead into this. Um, So they announced Eva Marie is coming back. Yeah, shortly after this, they yeah. started they started doing teasers like Evo, Evolution is back. And it's like I remember hearing like late last year or something like, oh, even Marie's coming back to WWE. And I'm like, really? I thought she was just fucking done. Like, whatever, she moved on. Nope, apparently not. Yeah, and I remember before she got released way back when I don't remember when, but uh, like she was training. And she was actually getting somewhat, I'm not going to say decent, but like bearable to watch in the ring because she was actually training to become a wrestler. Um, And then she got released and then like everybody's like, yay, Eva Marie's gone, which fine. Now she's back and it's bad timing because you got rid of like the Iconics who were, you know, great wrestlers and great uh, personality. And they always, I don't know what WWE is doing because they're trying to like put over this, like she's sexy, but you know, she's badass and all that stuff. Like trying to have like that, um, the, uh, uh, who did they try to do it with? Uh, that didn't work out well. Carmella, Carmella, they did like the, you know, the, the whore looking like I'm 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 a whore and all that stuff and like As Stu Hart would say a whore yeah <laughs> but uh I don't I don't know what it is about the WWE because they just they do that all the time they always be like oh she's amazing looking we have to like that 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 should be our main focus which fine I mean if you do that do it with a good person <laughs> hey. I'm just being being real here, despite everything. Like at first, uh, when she was around, I don't think she was really over at all. She had like kind of go away heat. Mm-hmm. And then when she went to go get, tr- when she went to try to go get training and stuff, and she was training under Brian Kendrick actually, and she got to a point where she was like almost okay, <laughs> like. If she was in there with somebody that was good enough to carry her, mm-hmm. she could have something that was like that would resemble that was acceptable, you know. But I'll say this when she came back after that, she was kind of good at getting heat. The NXT audience fucking hated her 
mm-hmm. because they were used they were used to like and i think that they knew that they knew what was going on and they played up to that mm-hmm. and it was just like that you know they were they were just used they came off of having charlotte and becky and bailey and sasha just then and it's like what the fuck just, why is she here go, go, go away mm-hmm. and she was calling them all like wrestling dorks and shit it was hilarious honestly i kind of liked it yeah i i I don't mind that i don't mind that but like her rest like there were times where she didn't care about the moves and shit like she didn't sell really well she didn't um she didn't she didn't she missed she botched a lot uh which hurt her uh but like her her appearance and mic skills i think are fine i think you could play off of that um and you really don't have to be amazing at wrestling look at alexa bliss she has like a few moves but her mic skills are amazing Uh, i will say this shit she's doing now is fucking awful and it needs to stop yes i'm not a fan of this this weird fucking tangent they've gone off of where they had somebody feed off of Bray Wyatt's gimmick and now they're like a separate entity from him all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird gimmick infringement, I feel like, and now it's like she's not wrestling anymore. It's weird. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't know. Um and they're having her fight like fucking Randy Orton and shit. That's just and she's using superpowers on him or some shit. It's fucking weird. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I've like in the beginning with the whole uh fucking Bray Wyatt and the, the fucking fiend and shit. I was like, ah, that's kind of cool. But like in the back of my mind, with all the the lore and stuff that he was doing uh, with this character, I'm like, even the Undertaker has its limits when it comes to like paranormal shit, like supernatural stuff. Like when he did like a, a lightning from the fucking ceiling in the rafters it's just like they shot fucking purple lightning and like it would strike a cross and it would go on fire or he would like disappear and and you know appear somewhere else but like they shut the lights and everything this one they're like trying to put like hollywood fucking edits and shit into like all his stuff and now alexa bliss and i'm just like I can't follow. This is like I, I understand maybe that that's what they're going for. They're trying to get the little kitties to watch the WWE, but like, dude, your main audience is pretty much late teens, early adults, and shit that are watching it. Um, I don't know, man. And I guess we can move on to like with Mickey James because um, we were discussing this off air. Uh, Mickey James tweeted a picture of her stuff being mailed to her uh, because she got released, and she tweeted uh, Vince McMahon said, "Oh, I got your you know going away present," which led to other wrestlers, male and female, saying, "Oh, this happened to you too," which got you know Mark Carano fired, which I guess he was involved in. He, I guess he had a managerial position. He was like uh, vice president of talent relations or something like that. He had some kind of like major talent relations role. Um, but yeah, apparently this isn't the first time this has happened. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of reports coming in from 
sources saying that nobody fucking liked this guy. <laughs> Almost, it seems like nobody liked him. And there, there was even somebody, I forget who it was. I think it was like one of his ex-girlfriend or some shit started saying something like, uh, he, what, like, they were engaged or something. Like, it's weird. It's making him seem like a really weird dude. But I just wanted to mention this. It's kind of personal, but she's like, we were engaged, but, like, whenever we go to, like, social meetings or something, he would call me his girlfriend. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And then, like, she was saying something like he stole title belts and hid them under a bed in one of his other houses. Wow. <laughs> like, they would lose titles, and they wouldn't know what would fucking happen to them. And allegedly, he was taking them and putting them in, like, one of his other houses and, I guess, fucking selling them to people or some shit. I wonder <laughs> so if... He's stealing, he's stealing company property, allegedly, and doing this. Mm. <laughs> Which is what, um... Goddamn, uh... Earl Hebner got fired over. I thought he got fired for selling merch, like in the stands and shit. No, no. He got fired from getting extra merch from WWE somehow. Mm -hmm. And he had his own store he was selling it out of in Virginia. Wow. That's what he got fired over. They found out about that. Which is kind of sketchy. He works for AEW now. You don't see him a lot anymore. Maybe he's like, I guess, maybe top referee or something. I mean, Earl Hebner's got to be fucking ancient at this point. I don't know his age, but like, he's got to be pretty old now. Well, his son works in Impact, I believe. I think he works in Impact. Brian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but like, uh, yeah, this opened up a whole can of worms with this and he got fired over it. And from everything I've read and I've seen, it seems to me like they were looking and they being triple H and Stephanie, it seems like we're looking for a reason to get rid of this guy for a while. And they got it. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I agree with, you know, you saying what you just said, but I still think it was fucked up on both sides because this could open a whole can can of worms because you get Mark Carano fine. I still think, and this is not like um, confirmed or anything. I still think like oh, a bunch of people probably got fired for this because you got to think Mark Carano is not the only one boxing up fucking people's stuff and putting in fucking garbage bags. He's probably having other people do it for him. So like, if they're following <laughs> what Mark Carano is ordering them to do. I guarantee you those small people that probably get paid way less than Mark Carano got fired because of a tweet that Mickey James and other people got butthurt that their stuff was in a garbage bag. Maybe, maybe not. We mm -hmm. will never know that. Yeah. I, I think it could have got handled better. But other than that, do you have any other news that you want to bring up? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, there has been a rash of there's been like a bunch of wrestling stuff coming out lately mm. like dark side of the rings back the the brian pillman two-parter ep episode just got finished up um i think the next one's about nick gage the fucking dude who tried to rob a bank and he blew up a police station or some shit man almost killed david arquette i didn't know about that but okay yeah <laughs> um he sounds like a piece of trash, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
they the first one they did or uh, I'm getting I'm get off track. There's those. Their A and E's been doing a bunch of wrestling programming recently. Like they've been having these biographies and like this weird kind of like uh, pickers slash pawn stars hybrid of people trying to find like wrestling artifacts. I guess you would call them. Mm-hmm. But it's like weird. It's done up really weird. It feels like fake, like faker than usual. Because it's like we're gonna go to uh, Jerry Lawler's house and we need to try to find the the. They don't say we're going to Jerry Lawler's house at first. They're like, we need to find Jerry Lawler's crown and the jacket he wore on his first appearance of Monday Night Raw. Okay, <laughs> and then they just go like, let's go, and then they just go to Jerry Lawler's house because he fucking has it. <laughs> and it's like we need to buy this from you. He's like. Will you take seventy five hundred dollars? And he's like, No, I don't think so. He's like, How about fifteen thousand? Like, well, <laughs> what? And I think they're. I think this is all like some kind of a front to build up the the finally the WWE physical Hall of Fame is what this is for. Yeah, because they're doing it with like a lot of WWE guys, but like they just they they've been doing it with a couple of other notable personalities too like they got andy kaufman's neck brace or some shit his boots or something mm-hmm. but um the biographies i think have been the biggest thing like they started off with a steve austin one i really wanted to watch that and i haven't gotten around to it yet so i'll watch anything with steve austin in it almost mm-hmm. and um then they they did a roddy piper one that was really good other than the fact that they left out a big part of his career that was like kind of important for some reason was it because because is it was it because he had half blackface no uh, although i don't think they showed that but for obvious reasons you knew why they were going to show that man uh it's funny because like it gets into that censorship shit but like they they cut out all of the context that that promo has which was, this is the thing, the whole context behind that part of that angle has been lost now, mm-hmm. which was, actually, Roddy Piper was babyface in that feud. And he was saying, like, like Bad News Brown was an asshole and shit, and he was saying, listen, it doesn't matter, like, in the promo, doesn't matter if you're black or you're white or you're whatever, if you're, if you're a piece of trash, you're a piece of trash, is basically what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like and and now people just see. Oh my God, he had black half blackface, and that that's all they see. Dude, I mean, Pi- that's all people were. Piper had one of the best promos ever. Like he did. Like he could work a mic. That's why he had Piper's pet. Like that's what he was good at. I'm also convinced he's probably one of the best in ring workers in terms of being like believable. Where it looks like this guy's in a fucking fight after seeing him a few times. And never won the world champion. <sighs> I don't know if he did or not in other territories, though, because that's what I was getting to, was they cut out when he went to Jim Crockett Promotions in the early 80s, which was when he was really starting to get huge. Mm. They just didn't have the footage. They didn't want to show it for some reason. They just skipped over it, and it, that sucks, because he had matches with Ric Flair and shit that were apparently amazing. Maybe it was uh, <laughs> copyright issues, maybe? No, nah, I mean, WWE would own all that shit now. They're, and they're, they're working with them. Then, I don't know. <laughs> then, then it probably had maybe borderline not PC friendly stuff that they just didn't want to showcase or something. 
I think it was just ineptness because these people apparently these biographies are done by different directors and shit, mm-hmm. different staff. They're not all done by the same people because the Macho Man one. This is what I'm trying to get to is like some of these are good. Apparently, Steve Austin was good. Most people liked it. A lot of people like the Roddy Piper one. Only like real big wrestling historians and shit or people who really like wrestling are going to pick at it because of what I just mentioned mm-hmm. and the stuff we we were just talking about. The Macho Man one got mixed reaction because some people are arguing this comes off more like a hit piece to to kind of smear Macho Man as a character Macho Man's character mm-hmm. because they're saying like they're just focusing on like his fucking relationships with women and shit and just trying to make him look crazy and and B- eric bischoff actually went off about it saying he was embarrassed to be a part of that because of the way that they framed the whole thing <laughs> and this is with peacock no this is with a e oh really yeah this is these are part of the a e wrestling biographies the a e wrestling programming they've been doing lately oh uh. i think i don't know if you can watch i don't know if that stuff's on peacock or not i don't know if a e is part of the nbc umbrella or not i have to look into that if, but, if Uncle Eric is saying it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I still want to watch these. I'll probably still watch that Macho Man one to see for myself. Because there's apparently some really cool footage in it that never been seen before. Like, uh, they had some of the ICW footage. The International Championship Wrestling. That was the name of the promotion that his family ran, like his father ran. Mm-hmm. And it was an outlaw promotion like back during the territory days it was uh like they weren't they weren't like an officially recognized promotion they were like they were outlaw which meant they were running against like the main promotion in that regional area yeah and they were constantly trying to like do angles and shit like saying jerry lawler needs to fight me brother yeah man we're gonna meet up in memphis and we're gonna fight they kept cut promos about fucking people they were never gonna have matches with and then they didn't they have a match eventually? They did eventually when yeah. ICW finally folded up, and then all the other notable wrestlers from there moved on mm-hmm. and just did other stuff. Because I think after that, Randy went to uh, Memphis, and then he went to uh, he was there for a little bit, and I think that's when WWF finally hired him. But like his early career, five years. The beginning of his career was spent in an outlaw promotion that almost nobody watched. <laughs> that's that's crazy. But isn't, um, isn't that the one where we watch like all those crazy promos? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, that real low budget looking show where he's like that. He, they cut that promo where he's talking about staring into a candle and he's freaking out and shit. <laughs> that's where he developed the whole Macho Man persona. And apparently, he did crazy shit just to get like attention back then, like um. Like Cornette was telling a story one time about how like they used to a lot of those guys used to live in Lexington. They were based out of Lexington. And like he went to like a the Kroger somewhere in Lexington and he stole a steak and put it in his pants and tried to walk out with it just so he could potentially get arrested and get publicity for ICW. <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. They probably saw that fucking big muscle dude and be like, I'm fuck it he keeps steak yeah um i guess 
moving on from that, I don't know. I just want to talk about some good old wrestling shit besides. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Starks apparently has a neck injury, and he's probably going to be out for a few months. You know, this is where I fault AEW at because, you know, uh, me and you, we like old school wrestling. Um, I mean, I kind of forgive and try to say, like, adapt with the times, what, like, most people say. And I enjoy AEW because of the story, because it's different. Now, I want to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit on that because I'm going to explain something after I say this, but they do so much scary shit now, flipping over, you know, uh, being hardcore and all that stuff. They're starting to become, like, they're starting to, tread the line of ECW. Like, they try to, like, mix um, New Japan with ECW, and that's how you get wrestlers hurt. That's how you're going to ruin careers. Um, And Ricky Stark is good. (laughs) You don't want him to lose his career because he's great on the mic and he's great in the ring. Now... I, I want to go. Uh, I mean, do you have any comment on that? Um, I saw where it happened. Apparently, I think you showed me a clip of it actually a while back. It was from a match a, a little while ago, like a few weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. And it was him against Adam Page, and Adam Page did a German suplex, and he landed kind of at a high angle on the back of his head. Yeah. And uh, I guess they finished the match up, and he said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm cool, brother." But then, like, as time went on, he was having, like, problems. And apparently he just has a slightly fractured neck. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like he didn't break, rupture any of his discs or do anything like that. But he, he kind of fucked it up a little bit. Yeah. And he, they're just going to have him take time off. They, they think it's not a real serious neck injury. Yeah, it's not like Steve Austin level. No, it's nothing like that. But it's like... It, could have been if, if this was like 20 30 years ago it probably would have turned into that he probably would have never quit yeah uh but uh i was gonna say yeah i mean it was just off a german suplex a regular move honestly yeah uh, but sometimes they 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 try to like make it look like it hurts and they put more oomph into it like when you see back then like what we're gonna watch in 93 like when they do a German suplex, it's like a, you know, quick like a, like what Chris Benoit does, and even though Chris Benoit's a little fucking, uh, he does a little snap sometimes. Um, it's still safe. If you, I don't think Benoit ever hurt anybody on his German suplexes. I've yeah. never heard of anybody getting hurt from that. Yeah, but if you look at today's wrestling, like they have to do like this, like snap, like everything has to flow quickly. Instead of just being smart about it. You know what I mean? Or even like Owen Hart's German suplex. You remember what his looks like? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh my god, holy fuck, he killed him. But it still looks like a move that would hurt. Like it was, honestly, it's probably the safest version I've ever seen of a German suplex. He makes sure you pretty much land on the upper part of your back when he does it. But even NXT does it now, too. Um, well, NXT does it less than AEW, but NXT does it, too, as well where they have to, like, show that they're strong style, and they have to, like, do this quick, like, dragon snap suplex and all that stuff, their head button and all that, and it's just, like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do it every week, um, which they do, 
which you know obviously it looks good like as a fan when you're sitting there and shit's going wild you know people are gonna be like wow dude like they're they're fucking injuring each other like this is awesome to see i guess but like at the same time if you want to have story to flow with good wrestling you're not gonna have that i had fun just watching british bulldog and video vegas Mm-hmm. And you know what? They didn't do anything crazy. It was it was a lot of just kind of posturing and kind of moves, and then Bulldog just sold a lot for a while. Yeah, in really basic stuff. But we'll get to that later. But they did not do anything crazy at all. And I was like, I was totally into that match. It was just like, whoa, I'm getting into this. Well, there's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot of stuff in that episode where I'm just like, all they need to do is that one move, and they win the match, and they tell the story, whether it be by headlock or submission or test the strength and all that stuff which they did in the the vinnie vegas and uh uh we call it bulldog, uh, bulldog or fucking davy davy uh i almost said davy jones <laughs> davy boy bulldog yeah <laughs> um but one thing i want to bring up i remember how i said like aew is doing things different than uh wwe yeah now they're starting to copy old moments from WWE or WWF, yeah. uh, um, which is annoying me now because when they had the and I'm not going to say they copied the War Games thing because the War Games was from Dusty Rhodes back then and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. which I could forgive. Uh, but they tried to like mimic the Undertaker and Mankind hell in the cell which when they they had mjf throw jericho off of the cage which like was only like two feet uh onto a non-metal but it looked it looked like metal um set it was a it was a bunch of cardboard that was made to look like metal flooring yeah and he obviously landed on a crash pad yeah and it... <sighs> and like i i I get that's what they were trying to go for. I'm not saying that they were trying to copy the Mankind thing, but it's almost the same response. Like, they had JR go, like, oh, my God! And, like, Excalibur was, you know, Tiger Uppercut or fucking 92 or whatever. Um, <laughs> Tiger Uppercut? Yeah. Did he really say that? No, but I'm just... Okay. <laughs> You know how he is on commentating. Because he said knuckle arrow. He called out a uh, legitimately. Mm-hmm. He called out a move from Fire Pro Wrestling one time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but then um, because of the Pinnacle and Inner Circle uh, feud that they're going on uh, this week on AEW, Jericho came with a truck that had a little bit of the bubbly and started hosing down the Pinnacle in the ring like Steve Austin did with the corporation i heard Uh, about that and and i'm just like guys like i understand like you're trying to do an homage for that moment but you're not being creative at all you're just copying at this point WWE already did that anyway they did it with kurt angle they did it so (laughs) they did it so many times and i believe any every year like almost every five years you get that moment again or something like that um, you, uh, AEW, you're, you're become, you're, you're telling me that you might be losing creative ideas if you're starting to dive into things that have already been done. 
Um, so that that's starting to worry me a little bit. Um, I will say it's still refreshing to see different stories and different feuds. And I think there, I think AEW is the better product than WWE at the moment. Um, and with the fans coming back and with them touring, I think AEW is going to have a slight edge on that, but it's not looking good for AEW. I will say that. I got two things about that. One, I think it's kind of embarrassing that because I guarantee you this idea probably came from Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of embarrassing that he's doing that because he's uh, he's like one of Steve Austin's contemporaries, and he's he's copying his angle. Yeah, so he's like I mean he wasn't around the exact same time he wasn't in WWF when that happened, but like he's from around that era and then he joined WWF just like a year after that almost or something. And I could totally see him going up to like, I don't know if it's Tony Khan, but like just people in general be like, you know, it'd be a great idea, bro. If we took, you know, champagne, which is probably not champagne. We're just going to, we're just going to say it's a little bit of the bubbly. It's suds. Yeah. And we just like hose down the pinnacle. It's gonna be great. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Maybe he says it's a. It's gonna be a little bit like Stone Cold, but I still think he probably thought of it, thought it like it's a great idea, like he just thought of. Um, it was like the parlay thing. Yeah. Which is like I, as soon as I heard that too, I'm like Chris Jericho was watching Pirates of the Caribbean and he wanted to just say parlay, mm-hmm. and I was right. He said that in a podcast. <laughs> it was just like, God damn it, Chris. <laughs> but um the other thing is i want to say this is that i've seen people try to take like the ending of the blood and guts match like some people were making fun of it and then some people were trying to turn this around i've i've seen this like on like uh column writers and stuff like that mm-hmm. try to say it's like see wrestling fans could just never be satisfied they're so bloodthirsty they want chris jericho to be hurt it's like that's not why people are fucking criticizing that ending no it <laughs> Here's here's my thing. Um, you could have made a better crash pad for that that spot. It was way too obvious that like <laughs> it's like two feet. It's like not that far from the the cage uh, where he was dropped. And then you like you had the cameraman zoom in on the cardboard, which was clearly not metal. It was, it was b- bending. It was, it was very poorly constructed and set up. Mm hmm. And, and I, so I was going to say, everybody, WWE's been using a lot of crash pad spots in the past few years. But the thing is, is nobody really thinks about that or notices it when it happens. Yeah, cause because it's off camera. They disguise it better. It's like everybody knows there's a fucking crash pad under there. Well, remember, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but remember, the, par- remember the part in, in Money in the Bank where, like, I forgot who got thrown off, but, like, somebody got thrown off literally off the roof and there's like a crash pad. <laughs> I think it was Ray. Yeah. Ray, Ray died. Yeah. And, and like he fell onto a crash pad that you never saw, but you like, oh, I guess Ray Mysterio's dead. <laughs> but, that was like when Hulk Hogan threw Big Show off that building after they had a monster truck duel. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, somebody get help. I'm like, you fucking threw him off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But, um, 
nobody wanted to see Chris Jericho get hurt. They're upset because it was just so obviously fake and it looked bad. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to see fucking 50 year old Chris Jericho take a flat back bump like 20 feet onto the floor. Are you fucking insane? By the, <laughs> by the way, like some of the stuff in that match was great. Um, now, the concept of the fucking thing, it, you either have to win by sub, submission or forfeiting or like saying you give up. So like yeah. so when MJF had Jericho at the top of the ring, uh, top of the cage, like uh, Simon Guevara says, you know, we we forfeit, you know, we, we surrender and all that stuff. And then he threw him off anyway. And then he threw him off like a heel move, but it looked so comedic. It just like it's kind of like it's kind of like when the the ring blew up and it was like sparkles. Like that's exactly what I thought of is when they they had that they tried to have that big explosion and this is supposed to be a big moment to turn Eddie Kingston face. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, <sighs> and there was like some smoke and then he looked like he sold it like he was dead. Yeah. Like, but- which I commend, by the way. Like I just loved his fucking save for that. He was like, I have anxiety, and I passed out. <laughs> he had a panic attack, and he passed out. Yeah, and, and he, he does it. Like, I commend him. And um, I think he's always going to get the top mid-card position. Uh, Kingston, I don't think he's ever going to get the championship. But then again, you have Kenny fucking Omega... Uh, as champion, who's going to be facing against fucking Orange Cassidy and fucking, uh, what's that, uh, fuck, what's his name, the fucking British dude, ah, oh! yeah, there you go, Pac, Pac, uh, so, uh, okay, I didn't know that was happening, I, I, yeah, I knew Orange Cassidy was getting into the mix, I'm like, god damn it, this fucking guy, seriously, yeah, it's a triple threat match, R.A. don't really care for Kenny Omega, but now they're putting him in there with, like, a literal fucking joke. Yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, obviously, I, Kenny Omega's gonna win unless Pac... Unless they, you know, decide to put the belt on Pac and have... I, I can't see that happening. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just wish AEW would get their shit together if they want to do, like, these big impressive moments, because this is twice now. They, they fucking striked. Strike one was the damn the exploding ring shit. Strike mm. two was this. Three strikes. They're gonna set a precedent for this. It's like, oh, we're gonna, something big is gonna happen. It's just like the surprises. Oh mm. my god, we got a surprise. Now it got to the point to where TNT, uh, Turner Network told them, we don't want you guys to do any more surprises <laughs> because they they've seen them fuck it up too much. Yeah. It's like, no, you got to run this by us first, and you're, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> so, get to strike out third time. That's bad. That's not good. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it's it's turning into a fucking mark fest for pretty much Tony Khan. Um, yeah. Which I think, like, all the old wrestlers are coming in just to collect a paycheck. Because they'll they'll, oh. they'll know they'll get a paycheck from Tony Khan because he's gonna mark out for uh, the wrestler. Because I I could totally see Brock Lesnar coming and be like, "You're gonna pay me this much money, okay?" And then come in oh. and, and just do you know work and then leave again. I'm just I'm not sure if Brock Lesnar would do that. Honestly, I don't know. He's kind of a strange guy. He surprises you sometimes with his opinion mm. on things. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, 
let's see. What was it? Oh, yeah, I got one more little thing. Uh, Zelina Vega is supposedly coming back to WWE. And that's very interesting because of the circumstances of her release. Yeah, uh, because she wants to do OnlyFans or whatever. Um, maybe they'll pay her more. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I think, I'm not sure what's going on, but like, I think people are trying to, they have this suspicion that they're going to put her with Aleister Black now. Oh, because they're actually married? Yeah, and, uh, Aleister Black's coming back finally. And I guess they figured out something for him to fucking do. Is he going to be a vampire? <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's he's dressing up in like a suit and cutting cryptic promos. I saw him, a picture of him recently. He's fucking changed. Not his look, but he's gotten kind of shredded a little bit. He's in more sh- better shape now. That's cool. So that might help him a little bit. Because before he wasn't really, he didn't look like very defined he he was kind of skinny fat a little bit he was like a biker pretty much kind of yeah like you can tell his dude was obviously in shape but he didn't really look like it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know now he, he looks like it he looks pretty good now what is Tommaso Ciampa doing is he injured again no he's he's wrestling uh he went through this weird phase where he grew his hair out and it looked awful <laughs> because he's fucking his hairline like he's fucking bald basically like he grew his hair out and it was like the the shit like here no <laughs> hair and then just there was hair here and i'm like what are you doing like why did you fuck up your look like i don't know what the hell he was doing but thank god he came to his senses and he shaved all that shit off <laughs> I, just, I think he's tagging with timothy thatcher now they, I, they had a feud and it was like good and then they decided to be teammates because they beat the fuck out of each other and they respect each other. And I'm like, that's man shit. They yeah. Mean. I bet you, I bet you Sean Michaels went up to Tommaso Trump and like, Hey, Hey brother. Uh, was the brother. I couldn't let go of my hair either. I, I, I had that fight, you know, and it's yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta let go. You gotta let it go. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to bring up one thing. It's a short thing. Um, so I don't know what the young bucks are doing. I don't think they know what they're doing. Because <laughs> there's one week where they'll be like face and be like, oh, don't hurt them. And then like next week they fucking like beat the shit out of SEU and like put them bloodied in the ring with the uh, uh, with the Bullet Club members stuff. Um, by, by the way, if you notice how SCU, okay, like Scorpius guy just left SCU without any kind of an explanation. Yeah, and they threw Darby Allen down the fucking stairs. Which he came, which he came yeah. next week back. Oh, he lost his title by the way. Miro is the champion. What? Yeah. Well, I guess I got sick of people saying Miro is a fucking joke because, like, he came. I don't understand this shit. It's like okay, so they signed Miro, and everybody likes this guy. You know, mm-hmm. everybody liked Rusev. Everybody liked Rusev Day. They went to see this guy get pushed. They knew he was good, and then it's like they sign him. And then they put him in that team, that alliance, whatever, with uh, Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. And it was just goofy shit. Mm. I'm the best man, and they're just sitting around playing video games or whatever. <laughs> and, like, and then Tony Khan's explanation is, because people are like, why are you doing this? He's like, well, he wasn't presented as, like, you know, a higher-level competitor, so this is what he's doing. I'm like, 
I mean, if somebody joins a company, they can kind of get a fresh start. You don't have to shoot them all the way up to the card, but like, yeah, you brought them in and made them look stupid, like right off the bat. I mean, even when Rusev was being used very horribly before he left WWE, he still wasn't presented like that. Yeah. And then I guess it keeps coming up. It's It's been coming up a lot more. Like, why, why is he a joke? What the fuck? And then I guess they just went, okay, fine. And they had him beat Darby Allen out of nowhere, which I think is stupid. <laughs> yeah, because Sting was at, uh, there. Um, Did Sting not scare Miro away? I guess not. Can can I bring this up? Like, <laughs> Sting needs to. He needs to not be every there, there every week. Yes. Um. He needs to be an attraction for AEW, and he needs to work the fuck out and stop wearing t-shirts. He's old. I know, but like, it looks so bad. Like him, <laughs> be, him being. You want to see old man Sting's body? Oh, he should work out. <laughs> Fucking Vince, I mean, Vince McMahon probably has a better body than Sting. He does, but I think Vince McMahon gets on the fucking gas every now and then when he does muscle and fitness magazine photo shoot when he's like 70. True. <laughs> Sting, I don't think we'll do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we had to see Ric Flair, and you know Ric Flair worked out, but like he was just old. He was just. Yeah, but he know, tried. At he least tried. He, he tried and he showed. Maybe Sting's trying too, but you know what happens when you get old? Sometimes your body just doesn't cooperate that way anymore. And maybe he does work out. It's just like, God damn it, I just look like a potato. <laughs> and like, no, I can't change that anymore. So he just wears a shirt. Because <laughs> it get, it, sometimes it'd be like that. I guess. I don't know. Because it, it, it's so weird. Like, I, I watch like WCW Saturday night, and you see him like all jacked up, obviously, because he's young back then. And like then, 30 at that point or some shit. And then I watched WCW Nitro, which he's still kind of jacked a little bit. And then, you I mean, obviously, when you start seeing him in Impact, he starts putting on a shirt. And then, like, I believe WWE, when he came there, he didn't have a shirt. He actually had to wear the singlet. He was wearing the singlet. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, he came here and it's like, it's old man staying all the time. He has to carry his bat and... What gets me is like Sting. I know Sting's. I don't care that he's wearing a T-shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, because he's not gonna. He's not really gonna wrestle. He can't. Yeah. But uh, like, what's getting me is like this whole time he's been there. They've been doing this thing with Darby Allen, how he was kind of feuding with Team Taz for a while there. Mm-hmm. Was like Sting. Like Team Taz would come in and beat the fuck out of Darby Allen. And also, by the way, big deal that they threw him down a staircase because Darby Allen throws himself off bridges and shit. Like, you know, they always do those segments where it's like he was in a he, he ejected himself from a car or something. Yeah, but that's that's a, that's the thing that pisses me off, though, because like they sh- <coughs> they show vignettes of him like like literally trying to kill himself. Um, and then they like do this the angle of Scorpio Sky and the other dude like throw him down a flight of stairs. And then you have JR. Oh, my God, he's dead or something like that. And uh, yeah, it does kind of fuck up any potential of like, oh man, they're they're trying to end this this guy's career. When you just watched a vignette of him like jumping off a damn bridge, yeah, and it, like you see, <laughs> and then you see him next week on fucking dynamite, and he's like driving a fucking car, and he's explaining this to you like, yeah, man, I've you know I've uh, 
throw myself off of bridges. I fucking like go nose dives when I'm on a half pipe and shit. But uh, you know, I just get up and keep on going, man. This is just just life. They don't have to do this this insane vignette shit with him to get over the fact that this guy's a daredevil, you know, and he has no fear because that just honestly it makes him look kind of stupid. And then when people try to do something like throw him down a flight of stairs or hit him with a car, it really lessens the impact. Mm-hmm. And but like they all they, Jeff Hardy is this character. He gets compared to Jeff Hardy a lot. Mm-hmm. Jeff, everybody's like Jeff Hardy's daredevil. He's not fucking scared to take risks. But man, when Jeff takes that spill, you still worry about him because he doesn't do. They don't do a bunch. They don't show him doing a bunch of shit where he's like trying to kill himself. What is, what is, is somebody gonna? Have, are they gonna have to do like a Brian Pillman angle where like they have to shoot Darby <laughs> Allen? Is that like? Is that how they're gonna like put him down for a while? Is that like finally gets tired of him and fucking just shoots him? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I've had enough of you. I'm from New York, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. Oh man, we're getting off so many tangents talking about AEW. But like, I know what you were trying to say about the Young Bucks, Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, they kept fucking switching around. I guess they're supposed to be fully fledged heels now. Yeah, because they fucking like literally murdered SCU. So, um, who knows? They might be faced next week. Maybe they're going to, like, hug and kiss their opponents. They've also been threatening to quit, like, break up every time. (laughs) I guess every time they come out to have a match, SCU, Mm -hmm. like, they say, if we lose this match, we split. It's like, why do you keep saying it every time? Like, just, (laughs) just, what the hell? I, I, I will admit that... The um, when I watched them in New Japan, I kind of liked them. SCU? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, I liked SCU in New Japan as well. Oh, you mean Young Bucks? Right? Young Young Bucks. But like now, like when they have total total creative control, and I'm not saying they didn't have total control in New Japan, but maybe they. they uh, but like, they they are cringy, dude. They have a very highly inflated opinion of themselves mm-hmm. uh i was i've been led to believe that in new japan they didn't have creative control and the new japan office weren't very enamored with them either yeah because all they do <laughs> is flips and shit pretty much I, I get i mean i think they rubbed some guys the wrong way while they were there and then like i think yeah the office were like well, these guys are not all they're cracked up to be mm-hmm. i'm not trying to I don't really care for them myself. I know there's, they have fans, but uh, I I don't know. I feel like they're overrated. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I don't want to buy a book where they look like they're looking at their cocks. Each other. You don't want to buy their biography where they're the two brothers are staring at each other's dicks <laughs> on the cover. That's the best promo I ever saw. <laughs> and they're shirtless. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? All right, I think we need to get in some WCW Saturday night, Mar- March 27, 1993. I'm tired of talking about some uh, semi-okay wrestling. We're losing our minds. We're going to just keep burying AEW, even mm-hmm. though we like it. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Steven Regal. Versus Mike Moon. It just starts off with this match. Yeah. But... It literally goes like, Steve Regal versus, I'm like, who's this guy? Mike Moon. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, 
What, what did you think of, of Steve Regal and Mike Moon? Uh, well, automatically it's a squash, but like Mike Moon actually, it was a good squash to the point where he ha almost had offensive moves, but like Steven Regal just like uh, reversed it a lot. Um, I I like the 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 conversation between Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone uh, because he's like, oh, uh, you know, you got to bend some rules here. You know, it's not a match unless you bend some rules. Yeah, and they, over that quite a bit through the show. And there's, yeah, that's the theme of the show because, like, Tony's like, "Well, is this is this what you were talking about before?" Yeah, 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 Tony. Or he goes, "Yeah, Shabani." That's um, right, tough guy, Tony. Yeah. Um, Stephen Regal does a lot of like headlocks and like some, like uh, stretching uh, moves and all that stuff, but when he does that, um. He did like a hook slam and then like uh then he like pinned him for the win, which again it was like a, a just a slam, scoop slam into a win. Yeah. Um I had a slightly different opinion of this match, or I think I caught some things. Mm -hmm. Which was this match started really weird. Like did you did you not think it started off kind of strange? I mean where it's like it started or like like when, right when the action starts and they start going into their match. Yeah, a little did you, bit. Did you notice anything that was off? What do you think it was? I don't know. I just uh, it felt weird, but I, but tell me, please. Okay, so you you felt something was off. All right, yeah. so like when they start to do the first spot, which is you know the deal where they try to shoulder block each other, mm -hmm. and like they know so they can't knock each other down. They do that. Yeah. They do that. But when Regal hits him with the shoulder block, he, he's hitting a he's hitting a jobber with a shoulder block, and he doesn't go down. And then they it, it, the guy doesn't sell it either. Like like he stopped him. He just like oh, there was like just this awkward collision, mm. and there was like this weird pause, and they kind of looked at each other for a minute, and then immediately Regal gets this weird headlock in, where the, he he grabs the guy's head when he's like he's standing straight up like this. He has to reach to get his head and pull him down. <laughs> <laughs> like all the way and he has him in a headlock for like a minute yeah and you can see him talking to him and i'm like oh i think this guy doesn't know how to wrestle <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's what's going on right now like because they're i think they're in england when they did this taping was it i don't they because it looked like when they went to the vinnie vegas and davy boy smith they went to a different area no, you're right. Yeah, they were in center stage. I kept talking about being in England. I think that confused me. Yeah. But this guy, I think, didn't really know how to wrestle that well yet, which I'll, I'm going to get into a story about another guy that didn't know how to wrestle later. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, he's like, I, I saw him talking to him for a while, and I'm like, this headlock's going on for a long time. And then he puts him in, like, a wrist lock. He's got him in the wrist lock thing. And he's got him in that for like another minute or so too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this guy doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so they do a thing where he's, he's transitioning into different holes. He throws that guy over the ropes and he cheats a little bit. Like he, I think he poked him in the eye or some shit. And then Regal got mad, just did that thing where he kicks the dude, he kicks the shit out of the dude in the corner. Yeah. And he does the double arm suplex and he pins him. It's over. Yep. I'm like, squash. I knew it was going to be a squash, but this guy just, he needed a lot of help, apparently. 
He must have got talked to a, like hardcore in, in the back. Maybe. I mean, it's probably just like, hey, we apparently the way this thing goes a lot is like, we need some job guys. And a lot of the time they can just be local talent from like, you know, just little nothing wrestling shows and shit. Cause territories are dead at that point. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, I know this dude. He's a job guy. He, he worked here, there. Okay. Get him. They, you know, they, they hire a bunch of these guys on mass, like gig by gig basis. From what I've heard, that's what they've usually done with these big companies when they get these guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a squash. It was not very good, but it was a squash. <laughs> Regal did the best he could. Yeah. Um, they had a Davy Boy Smith kind of like promo thing where he's like, uh, him and Michael Hayes uh, were like, he's like, it's good to be home. And then like Davy Boy Smith did his thing. He's like, all's great and all that stuff. And he, him and his fucking weird pants, dude, and his weird pants and his little uh, fanny pack. Michael Hayes is wearing like a fucking American flag windbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Like he's in he's in England. He's wearing this American flag windbreaker. It's just kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> but then it showed like some British fans talking. Mm-hmm. Saying, like, we want Bulldog to win the title. And it's like, yeah. And that's kind of it. It was just, hey, we're in England finally, like we said we were gonna be. Yeah, they're they're pretty much trying to like move the path for Davy Boy Smith to go against Vader at some mm-hmm. point. Um then we got that awesome Max Payne guitar fucking thing. Yeah, I was kind of like surprised by that. I'm like this is actually kind of cool. And I was like kind of wondering it sounded good. Then I was like what the fuck's going on? Is there like a big fan underneath him that's blowing his hair up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it was just long enough to be to be kind of cool. Yeah, it's like they they do this inconsistent thing with Max Payne where it's like, oh, this is a cool thing for him. And then they go back to him being in his dumb fucking big hair and uh, dumb fucking outfit that he always wears. His weird gear and then like they'll push him and then he'll get beat. And <laughs> it's strange. Hopefully they figure it out, this guy. Hopefully, um, hopefully better things come. But uh, we got a Ric Flair promo and, and double A. Yep, and it was basically Ric Flair, again, kind of trying to stall for time until he comes back to do something. Mm. <laughs> and then Arn is going to wrestle next week, and I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to see Arn Anderson. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Is he facing Eric Watts? Is this, is this leading to an Eric Watts battle? I don't know. I don't know if Eric's still in the company or not, but that would be great if it was. <laughs> Um, then we got Hollywood Blondes versus Mike Winter and Tommy Angel. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, I always like when Austin does that. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah. It <laughs> always makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Mike Winter is a great name for a jobber. Yes. His name is Mike Winter, and he never wins. I'm just <laughs> – come on. Uh, I, there's a couple of funny things happened during this match. Like Jesse's on commentary berating Tony because this is like a little bit after that Max Payne segment. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Max Payne. He's like, it reminds me of like Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page. And then Tony's like, he's like, you know who they are, right? And he's like, ah, uh, yeah, I kind of do. And he's like, there's like this awkward pause. And he's like, 
you don't know who Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix are? He's like, oh, well, I was a child of the 70s. He's like, oh, that explains everything, Shivani. You're a product of disco. That made me... (laughs) (laughs) You just called him up square. Like, so much there. Yeah, they're they're starting to have, like, chemistry now. I think they figured it out. Because it goes back to, like, that first time they, they did commentary together. And it was, like, kind of awkward. Mm. And I think it was just because Tony wasn't used to working with a collar guy like that. That was just, that would just fucking roast you the entire time. And I think he didn't know how to take it, honestly, is what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet they had a talk after that. He's like, look, I'm just roasting you because that's my thing. I, I'm just, you know, it's what I do. Like, oh, okay. And you can tell Jesse's kind of just messing with him more obviously because he'll laugh sometimes when he says something like bad. He's like, I'm just kidding. It's okay, tough guy. I love the, the moral talk that happened in this match as well. <laughs> He's like, I never said I was in the moral majority. I'm in the immoral, the immoral minority. I'm like, that's a pretty good saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was hilarious. I got to say this real quick. This was hilarious. Right after this happens, though, I-, I complimented Jesse for that. There's this really awkward moment where they're talking about when Brian turned heel. And they're like, man, you know, Fly Brian used to do really well. He was very successful. And then Jesse's like, he has a very poor choice of words. He's talking about Brian. He's like, well, when Brian finally came out of the closet <laughs> and he started doing stuff. And then Tony's like, he pauses. He's like, yeah, he came out of the closet. Like you could tell he, he wasn't wanting to go with that, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, it's good. Uh, is Tommy angel. That's the guy with the, uh, the pink tights. The, pink the tights. Pink yes. Yeah. He you was getting he was getting his ass kicked throughout the whole fucking match, dude. Like he was. I, I noticed he could not throw a punch at all or save his life either. It was funny. Yeah, because I want to. <laughs> he, he was going like, Ugh, like he's doing like these really comical overhand swings to punch guys. Mm-hmm. Just like, don't don't punch. <laughs> like Mike Winner was like the best out of the two, even though he wasn't winning. <laughs> his ass kicked too. Hmm. Uh. Man, Austin used to bump and sell like crazy. Yeah. It's funny that, like, Flying Brian um, seems to be the uh, the muscle of the group, while Steve Austin is just, like, he seems like a second-rate... Uh, I'm trying not to, like, diss him, but he seems, like, not top dog in this tag team, like Flying Brian is the veteran. I kind of feel like that's backwards. Really? See, to me, when I watch their matches, Brian usually starts out, I notice, and he'll kind of mess with people for too long. and He'll kind of control the pace for a little bit, but his thing is he'll always mess around too much and he'll mess up or something. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have to hang out. But Austin is the one that usually comes in and cleans up. For the most part, he'll start hitting, beating guys down a lot, punching the shit out of them and stuff, mm-hmm. like doing those good suplexes. But then he'll he'll get overconfident too, and then he'll mess up. Yeah, yeah. Usually Austin's the heavier one on offense, but then he'll he'll also make that same mistake of like goofing off. Do oh yeah, and then like he fucking blows it somewhere. <laughs> oh, they finally uh, say that you know Tony says they call themselves the Hollywood Blondes. 
and apparently they won the titles. They're going to show us how they won them next week. So we're finally going to solve that mystery. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened <laughs> with the titles? Um, There was a part which I don't know was was a fan trying to attack uh, Brian Pillman or was he just yelling at the fans? Because like, he was just yelling. I think he was just getting heat. I mean, I might have missed something, though. I don't know. Because I saw the security guard go t- near the fan. Um, yeah. But I didn't see the fan like get into the frame, and then like I saw Steve Austin like look at the fan. Um, but like it like pa- it paused for a second before you know Flying Brian came in. Uh, what do you think of the finish? Uh, the the double turnbuckle thing looks kind of weird, just how they fall. But like I dig it still. Um. I was fine with that finish. I was I was kind of surprised. It was weird to see Steve Austin do a top rope splash. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. But, like, uh, then again, it's weird to see him bump and sell like this, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this match is, like, there's a sub point where, like, Austin's in there, and he's, he's beating down Mike Winter. And then Brian is in the corner, and he picks something up. <laughs> and then Austin whips him over there. And, like, something's going on. The referee's not paying attention. And Brian has a towel, and he, he grabs the guy when he's bouncing off the ropes and fucking yanks him with the towel, and he falls down. <laughs> and then that enables Austin to go in there and just knee drop the fuck out of him. And then Brian's like, oh, man, I'm so sweaty. And he's, like, <laughs> wiping his face down with the towel. And then Austin comes over. He's like, let me get you. And he starts, like, getting hit with the towel. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's good heel work. Yeah, it's good heel shit. Uh, it was okay match. It was, it was made to get them over. You know, it wasn't. It was too long to be a squash doing that determination. Yeah, I gave it a five point seven out of ten. Me too, actually. Yeah. Um, Van Hammer versus T.J. Maverick. I I couldn't catch this dude's name. I heard Maverick. Hmm. But uh, I called him dude. <laughs> <laughs> This was uh, nothing. I mean, like, I'm not saying it was nothing. I just mean, like, nothing of note really happened here. Yeah. Like, he came out. Obviously, women really like Van Hammer. That's what I wrote down, too. Like, it's, it's they've made it pretty clear now the last few times he's come out. And then Jesse Ventura goes, metal music uh, shrinks the brain, Shivani. So that, that dumbass argument, like, little women never liked wrestling is, like, horseshit. Mm-hmm. I wish people would quit fucking trying to say that because it's not true. I'm working on my Jesse impression. <laughs> I'll handle the Jesse impression here. <laughs> Don't worry about Shabani. it. Shabani. Shabani. <laughs> Van Hammer beats the fuck out of this guy. Squash. Was, he tossed him around like a sack of fucking wet hammers. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually kind of impressive. Like how he just kept. Wham! Just throwing this dude across the ring, throwing him. He atomic dropped this dude, and he flew across the ring. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Squash. <laughs> um. So, Rick Rude versus Mitch Bell. Um. So, this- I want to. I want to say this right away. I love how Rick Rude fucking clotheslined him while his robe is on. That was amazing. He just came in and went, wham! And then he gets back up and he just goes, wham again. And that dude starts selling like he was having a seizure. Yeah, I, I, I like I liked Mitch Bell because he fucking sold really well. 
Uh, My favorite thing was his facial expression before the match started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It shows like Mitch Bell. It shows his name, but he just looks like, like he's like, (laughs) like he was nervous. Like he didn't know what to do. And he sold he sold it really well. Rick Rude fucked him up. He he needed to make. And what's funny is Rick Rude is like face, right? Like I think he's supposed to be healed, but like everybody seems to like him right now. Mm -hmm. And like, what is he really saying or doing though that's really heelish? Other than maybe he's beating the fuck out of people too much that are no match for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, like this is great squash. This is like that. This is like that time I watched Ron Simmons squash that dude, and I'm like, that's it. That's what you need to do to fucking get people over. This was the same thing. It was a lot of scoop slams. He scoop slammed him. He fucking suplexed him. And he's he's like hitting him with those fucking forearms and the elbow drop, and then he cinches in like this really nasty looking camel clutch. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Like good looking camel clutch. Camel clutch is usually, in my opinion, like one of the lazier submission finishes. It just doesn't look very good most of the time. I don't know if you noticed, he like jumped when he did the suplex, by the way. Yeah, he kind of had a a jump. Sometimes guys would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he did this really badass version of a sidewalk slam I like, where he just picked the guy up like he was going to slam him. Like, you know how people usually do the sit down thing? Mm -hmm. He just fucking threw him on the ground from that position. And I was like, nice. And then he picks him up Rude Awakening for three. That's how it's done. And it was a squash. <laughs> and then he cut a promo and he was talking, he was calling out basically everybody that was like in the main event or the upper mid-card level. And he said, I'm the Alpha and Omega. He told them all rest in peace, which I thought was funny. Because Undertaker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I He's like, rest in peace. And I'm like, wait a second. Are you doing a thing? Are you doing it? Undertaker's like he's he's facing Giant Gonzalez next. What are you doing? (laughs) So there's something I want I want to say about Rick Rude here. It's like kind of fun. Um, you see, you watch him here, and you're just like, this guy is great, and like he's got a lot of confidence. He he cuts a good promo and shit. He's just really good in the ring. This is probably, in my opinion, this is probably the best work in his career. Mm -hmm. He's in WCW at this point. I heard a great story about him on Cordette's podcast, which was the early part of his career. Like, he was just breaking into the business shit. He was wrestling in uh, Memphis, and he was going up against the Midnight Express. Bobby Eaton and um, Dennis Condry. Mm -hmm. And and Cordette's there, too, obviously. But, like, like Dennis Condry's in the ring with him, and they're getting ready to do some shit. And then Dennis is telling him when they're, I guess they're locked up and he's got him in a hold. He's like, all right, I'm going to throw you. And then you, I'm going to drop down and you're going to do a thing. You're going to do a take uh, takeover and I'm going to throw you in the corner. And then he says, what? Like he didn't understand what he was saying. And he, and he tells him again and he's like, do what? <laughs> and then he, he has to fully explain what's happening. And he still couldn't do it. He still didn't understand what the hell he was doing. So he did something else and made him tag out. <laughs> Rick Rude didn't know he didn't know how to wrestle. He was like fucking uh old dude in the first in the first match this uh tonight. He didn't know what the hell to do. And he went from that in like the early eighties to like what you see now. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. That's 
part of like what made the territory system great, I feel like. Because the guy could just he could suck ass and he could go somewhere else totally different and like pick up some skills and work with some different people that'll help him. And then uh it's yeah, it's amazing how he, he comes from like shit to like gold pretty much. Because because what I didn't say was within like I think three years time. He was main eventing in Memphis. He was wrestling Jerry Lawler. Yeah, and then he got then he got signed and went to WWF right after that. So, hey. Hmm. Um, Davy Boy Smith. Now we're in fucking uh, Manchester. Yeah, we're in the G Max in Manchester, and he's going up against Vinny Vegas and Uncle Eric and Larry Zabisco are on commentary. Yep. And this match was uh, it was it was entertaining. Um, they did the power of strength while fucking Eric Bischoff was like, "This is a power of will over strength." <laughs> um, then obviously there was like dr- some cool drop kicks from uh, Davy Boy. Uh, then they started doing the getting on the turnbuckle and like seeing who gets chanted and who gets booed, and obviously. David Boy Smith gets chanted. Vinny Vegas gets booed. Vinny Vegas actually had to, like most control during the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, you know, obviously getting some heat while he was, you know, working uh, Davy Boy. Um, and then obviously uh, Davy Boy hulks up and then does his power slam and you know gets the win. Uh, I, I I liked it. It was uh, a. <laughs> I like Larry on commentary, but Uncle Eric, he uh, still doesn't have it, in my opinion. <laughs> he tries really hard, though. Yeah. Because he's, he's, try, he, he's tried to learn some terminology. He's like, they're doing the test of strength. He's like, that Greco-Roman knuckle lock. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, he's, he's trying to learn the moves and everything. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I like that. I like the opening where they just tried to shoulder block each other, and they no sold each other's shoulder block. They did that like a few times. Yeah, and then finally, like, yeah, David Boy hits one shoulder block. He's drop kicks, and then the crowd's like, ah, like they're really into this match. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that thing where they're like, they're like stampeding. They're doing that, they, they, everybody does that thing with their feet in the stands. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, fucking crowds just do not sound like that anymore. No, nowhere. <laughs> And they 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 loved this, and um, I mean, but Davy Boy was a pretty big superstar over in Europe and stuff. Like after he had that WWF run, and uh, I think that they pretty much decided like when they got him, they're like, man, we need to try to go to Europe. Like somebody had that idea. Mm-hmm. And I think they they bet going to Europe just on him alone. Because WCW never really had a presence in Europe before. Yeah, it was just Japan because of New Japan. Yeah, they just did Japan shows and shit occasionally. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, I like where Zabisco explains how the knuckle lock works. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I, I just I love it when people do that when they explain how a move works. Um. Then Vegas gets a sleeper, and he keeps getting heat on Bulldog with, like, these really long submissions. And Bulldog sells it like he's dying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, his face is, like, kind of turned purple almost. He's just like, like... He's like he's drooling or some shit. 
Well, that's why Vinny Vegas is like he's, and he almost got the snake eyes off too. Yeah, that's when he tries to do his comeback. He goes for snake eyes, he slips out, and he does some clothes lines and shit. But he cuts him off, mm-hmm. and then he tries to go for it again, I think, and then he comes back. He starts clotheslining him, scoop slamming him, and stuff. Then he picks him up after. He whips him in the corner, and then Vegas reverses him, and he tries to run and do, like, an elbow in the corner. Yeah. And then he just picks him up power slams him for three, and I was like, yeah, that was fun. It was a fun match. Um, I gave this a 5.5 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I mostly liked it because of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Davey Boy was just being such a great baby face in that match. Honestly, like he's a big guy. He's like a really big, powerful guy, but he was selling for Vegas. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's I mean, he's just like a a lower mid card guy on WCW right now. And he was putting him over kind of in this. Yeah. So that's kind of I couldn't help but think about this, but I was like, man, it's hard to think like imagine like two years from now, they're going to both be a WWF. And Kevin Nash is going to be Diesel. He's going to be positioned as, like, the the guy. Mm-hmm. While Bulldog's just kind of like an upper mid-card kind of guy. It's just kind of funny. And it's funny because, <laughs> you know, Davey Boy Smith is being pushed here to be world champion in WCW. And then he goes to WWF and he's just, like, part of the Hart Foundation pretty much. That's just... It's crazy where, where people end up in, like, just a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see, we go back, and we're back with Tony and Dustin. And he's interviewing him, and he's talking about how everybody's gunning for Dustin's title. And he reiterates to, like, all Paul has to do, he's talking about Paul Orndorff and Rick Rude mostly. He's like, all Paul has to do is sign the dotted line, get a contract for a match, and I'll give him a shot. But until then, he'll always be Paul to me. <laughs> that starts the crowd saying Paul and shit, and then it goes right and they say oh Dustin's gonna be on commentary too <laughs> and it goes right into the match then Paul Orndorff comes out he's already flipping the fuck out getting mad and shit that's the best part of the fucking night is just see I'm him. Paul. <laughs> yelling at everybody <laughs> oh Jesus and then Rob Van Dam without his steroids Robbie V Robbie V yeah I don't know if he did he ever do steroids I mean I feel like he'd just straight up say if he did Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying because he went from that skinny thing to like what he is now. He's a really young guy, though. It looks like at this point, it looks like he's like maybe 20. Mm-hmm. His face is all like he's got like rosy red cheeks. <laughs> like Rob, Van, I, the Rob Van Dam I know doesn't even look like that. It's just kind of funny. And then they um, they comment on his martial arts and all that stuff because he's doing like all these spin kicks, like how he does today. He's trying to do like. A Jean-Claude Van Damme thing. Yeah. Obviously. And because somebody must have seen him and saw him doing like that unique offense and shit. He's like, whoa, man, you're like Jean-Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport. You kind of look like him. That could be your name, Rob Van Damme. He's like, whoa, man, you're right. And then WC- never done DMT, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then WCW's like, why don't you just be Robbie V? Uh, all right, I'm getting paid, right? Fuck it. <laughs> That's probably what he said. Can I smoke my DMT and weed, bro? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Was DMT you... a thing back then? 
Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'm too. I'm too lame for that. Extra Rogan. <laughs> oh. If you were to ask me, did Rob Van Dam ever wrestle Paul Orndorff? I would have told you no before this. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like, I, I just thought about that. I was like, Rob Van Dam wrestling Paul Orndorff. I, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, Paul is like super crisp and awesome, like usual. Mm-hmm. And Rob is agile. Is all get out as usual and he's doing all his unique offense like at that point i don't think people were seeing used to seeing shit like that either yeah and uh paul Orndorff is getting like angry because he's like doing all these aerial shit and all that stuff to get out of it he's doing all these flips and all these jumping spin kicks and he's like scared and he's kind of like whoa he's like doing that thing where he's like behind the rope outside mm-hmm. get him away i don't know i don't he doesn't know how to take this it's not wrestling to him it's crazy blood sport martial arts shit that's going on now (laughs) (laughs) and Um, then that pile driver was sick though yeah i was surprised at how much offense rob got in this match though Mm -hmm. because like he kind of had some good show i think he beat a guy that was like a jobber he beat somebody a while back i can't remember who it was anymore um but i was like yeah, I mean, Paul let him get some offense in. And, and plus, powder, the power driver was sick, though. And plus, he was fighting with the fans, so. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that's Paul Orndorff versus Dustin Rhodes. I'm trying to see who Paul Orndorff faced. That was like a, uh, a uh, we call it a squash. Uh, Rob. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck it, I can't find it. <laughs> It was it was like a month or so ago in this time mm-hmm. as we're talking, but uh, uh, Paul tries to celebrate after the match, and then Dustin's out there trying to egg the crowd on, chant Paul at him. Yeah, solid match. I gave it a six out of ten. I gave it a, f- a five point six out of ten. It was a it was a very mild night. Um, yeah. I I enjoyed the Hollywood blind blinds. Uh, Hollywood Blondes over the other matches because I don't know I enjoy Brian Pillman and Stone Cold in a match even though they fought, fought against Jobbers. Um, promos were okay, not not uh not earth shattering. Um, I I feel like they're putting Ric Flair just because he's Ric Flair and they have to they want to put him out there to you know have people go crazy. They're gonna drag Rick out till the next pay per view. I I bet. Yeah, I was upset we didn't get to see Barry Windham. That's yeah, he wasn't on the show. That's okay though. I mean, not everybody has to be on every single show. Yeah, you get overexposed. That's WWE's fucking problem. They put everybody on every week, doing the same shit for months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought give, it was. Oh, what are you gonna say? I give it a, a solid five point nine out of ten for the show. Okay. Um, I said. Decent show. Bulldog in Vegas was surprisingly good considering the stage Vegas was in his career. Mm. Uh, I think they're teasing that Dusty Rhodes was going to show up at WCW soon during that match at the end. Okay. They're talking about like the, the bunkhouse stampede or some bullshit or like Dusty showing up and Dustin's like, he might, you never know. And they, they talked about him for like a minute or so. Yeah. Uh, I'm like I said earlier, uh, 
I'm looking forward to Arn Anderson having a match next week. Sting is supposed to be there next week. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. Uh, I'm waiting for them to make Ric Flair do something. (laughs) (laughs) Ric Flair needs to do something. Uh, I gave us a six out of ten. It was it was fun show. Okay, that happened. Everything was there were some things that were like it was kind of good. You know, yeah, it's pretty close. But anyway. Uh, next week, what is it? We're going to do WCW Saturday night, April 3rd, right? And then WrestleMania 9. So it's going to be a big show because that, that WCW Saturday night show is one of the longer ones. Mm-hmm. And WrestleMania is WrestleMania. Yes. For better or worse. Yes. <laughs> We're going to be watching one of the worst WrestleManias. <laughs> so. Maybe. Maybe we'll feel maybe we won't feel so bad about it. You know, I know we know we know what happens with Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Yoko Zuna, but mm-hmm. hey, never know. I heard Shawn Michaels and Tatanka is good, so I'm looking forward for that. Um, we, we will see. But if you want to catch more, some getting some color, uh, make sure you go on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle. And type in getting some color, and then you could listen to all our shows. We just did Resident Evil 6 on the Nemesis Project. Um, soon, hopefully, we'll be doing Resident Evil Village, because I'm done with the game. Zach is... I think this is the first time in history that I've done with a game before Zach. So. I, I haven't had as much time to play this week as I want. And I'm also like really weirdly picky and autistic about when I want to play horror games in the time of day. Mm-hmm. I only really want to play them at night. So I can't play Resident Evil during the daytime because it bothers me. Well, I played during the night too. So, <laughs> so I, I, just, I just powered through it d- during the first weekend. So, um, and also Big Trouble with Podcast, we just did Tenant and Interstellar. Um, I know Andy's picks are Kurosawa's picks. I forgot it was. Uh... I think Yojimbo and High and Low is what he said. Yeah, there you go. I almost called it like Big and Small, but whatever. Big and Small and Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, make sure you, you know, type in all those podcasts and you'll get to catch all our episodes. But until next time, remember, get some color. <laughs>